2: Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of Booking the Territory, the unprofessional wrestling podcast, where today we're talking NWA Saturday night on TBS from June the 11th, 1988. Doc, how was your Sunday night, pal? Your Sunday night? I just want to know, how was your Sunday night, September the 29th, 2019? How did it go, Doc?
3: Well, we went down to the church for uh, a (laughs) meet. We served uh, some at-risk youth, a a meal. We had a devotional, um, and then we came home and uh, turned in early.
2: How was yours, Hoffer?
3: It was great. I got drunk.
2: Yeah? What else happened when you were, what happened while you were getting drunk?
4: The Saints kicked the fuck out the Cowboys. A really? A win is a win.
2: A win uh, is a win. 12 it to 10. Fucked up
4: is, they didn't even have to uh, score a touchdown to beat them.
2: The fucking like, kicker beat them.
4: Bro, that's like fucking winning without using your finisher.
2: So, it's exactly what it was. And here's the thing.
4: It was a sunset flip.
2: Sunset flip. They won with a sunset flip. They did a Ronnie Garvin. They won with a sunset flip off the top rope in the cage. <laughs> Look at that <laughs> shit. Hey, Doc, remember when you said this?
3: And here's the thing, guys. I was going to say Cowboys 16-0 and and Super Bowl, but Mike said I couldn't do it. So, then <laughs> I went with, oh, well, the eat Nate. Bullshit, pal. We're going 16-0, and Super Bowl. Suck it.
2: Oh, oh, wait. I got one more. What about this one?
3: So, yeah, we are going. We got the BTT Bowl this Sunday night. Um, Civil War is what I call it. L- uh, reputations will be lost. Families will be lost. Co-hosts will be split. And we're going to 4-0, pal. Book it.
2: How'd that work out for you, Doc? Well, <laughs>
3: there's one thing that I forgot <laughs> to add into my calculations. <laughs> Jason Garrett is our coach and that's a <laughs> real real problem.
4: Dude, fuck that guy, bro. That he dude's is, garbage.
3: He is super garbage. Someday y'all are gonna have a terrible coach again and you're gonna feel pity on what it's like to when you just have a shitty coach.
2: No, we don't feel pity. We've already
3: fucking been through all that,
2: right? You act like (laughs) Harper and I are in our fucking mid forties. We've lived that shit multiple times, right, Harper?
4: Yeah.
3: Fuck. That ain't nothing. I mean, it seems to me. It seems to me that the classy thing to do would not be to rub in this victory,
2: but oh no, 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 motherfucker, you ain't getting off that easy. (laughs) Because see, let me tell you something with your fucking old ass joke that is. I mean, I've literally heard the Katrina joke nine million times now. Oh, uh, it's God. like
4: It's like years later.
2: I, I, right? I, and you know what? I, <laughs> I, you know what it is. It's like leave it to a cowboy fan to say that because that's the, that's their like. It's like their safe word. That's what they go to Hopper because they they have no originality. It's all they do. It's like if you saw a flowchart of a cowboy talking shit to a Saints fan, it would start with. We're gonna do the train started. Shut the fuck up, you asshole.
4: Just wow. shut up.
2: That's you sound so stupid.
4: I think people still said that.
2: Well, there you go. He he sent it in a text. And he's not the only one. So he's uh. not the anomaly or the exception to the rule. So who go ahead and said, who, so who don't sit that. there and try to feel don't see what he's trying to do, Harper. He's trying to get some sympathy. You see that, huh? He's trying to oh well I wouldn't rub it in. Boom. Oh shit. You rubbed it in last year and last year's last year and this year's this year. I'm done. Well, That's all I wanted to say.
3: I just thought you'd be a little classier than that, but I guess <laughs> I was wrong.
2: Well I'm I'm representing for like the Robert Silvers out there who told me to rub it in and, and all the uh all the other Patreon members out there who said, you know, you gotta rub it in on Doc because Doc's an asshole, man. He just he really is. So I'm just you know, I'm just making sure I rub it in there. It's all right. Don't be well, so, so sensitive. Don't be so See see what, what what y'all don't understand is he tried to get me to talk about this game all day on Monday and I gave him the silent treatment and it was killing him inside, Harper. Killing yeah. him. He, so who's he the was asshole? So You're sad. giving
3: people silent treatments and, and and being like this. Who's the real asshole here?
2: Harper. Doc is the ki- is the is cannot no sell anything. So when somebody no sells something to him, it just eats him away. He doesn't know how to deal with it because he wants you to come back and say something. You ever been around somebody like that, Harper? When you don't put their crap over, they yeah. they, they get all like flustered. They don't know how to deal I, with it.
3: Here's here's the real deal, Mike. I'm gonna I'm gonna help you out. The wrestling business has ruined your personal life because it's nice. not like I was trying to get over. I was just gonna have a discussion about what was a good game. And how our coach blew it. And if I was going to pay $100 million for running back, I'd like to, th- in that offensive line, I'd like to think we could get a little bit more out of that.
2: How about them 45 yards, Doc, on 18 carries or whatever it was? Right. 35. But
3: you turned it into, I've got to no sell something and try to drive somebody crazy and it's a rib, everything ain't the wrestling business. Sometimes it's just having a conversation, but okay. Paul,
2: All right. You believe, you believe anything you just said? I mean, dude. I mean, Harper has Dolphins, to believe
3: something. Harper has to believe something. I mean, he sees what kind of shit coach we have.
2: <laughs> so, so, Doc, go ahead now. Tell me, how upset were you at Garrett on Sunday night?
3: It was pretty bad. When It was mainly when he went for it on fourth and one in our own territory with a minute 26 left in the second quarter. Jesus Christ. Yeah. He just
2: gave the Saints a field goal.
3: I was like, Dude, pin them deep. They haven't moved the ball. They're not going to go deep. Just pin them deep. And he lines up, and I'm like, so we're averaging 1.4 yards a carry, and he's just real sure that this is going to change now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, no, all BS aside, that was the dumbest move in that game because Bridgewater was not going to move them down into field goal range.
3: So, see, here's the thing, and here's what the BTT Army needs to understand. Mike's like, oh, he was going to say this. I just gave you a critical analysis of where we went wrong. I don't like our owner. I don't like our coach. But I love our team. I'm just a normal guy who loves this football team. But Mike's got to be an ass about it. That's
2: <laughs> he's, the saying, he's trying to turn it around on me, Hoffer. I'm not the one who said...
3: And here's the thing, guys. I was gonna say Cowboys sixteen and zero in Super Bowl, but Mike said I couldn't do it. So then I went with, the, oh, well, they'll go eat eight, eight. Bullshit, pal. We're going sixteen and zero Super Bowl. Suck it. Look, these are these tapes are as doctored as as, a, as if I was on the phone with the Ukraine. Come on. <laughs> so yeah, we're going. We got the BTT Bowl this Sunday night. Um, Civil war is what I call it. Uh, reputations will be lost. Families will be lost. Co-hosts will be split. And we're going to 4-0, pal. Book it.
2: All right. In all fairness, Doc has been telling me for as long as I've known him that Jason Garrett is a, a bitch and he hates him. I will admit to that.
3: It's, tr- it's true. And here's the problem. We're just good enough on the talent side of the football uh, uh, of the of the coin here. That we're gonna end up saving this asshole's job. <laughs> That's my biggest fear.
2: Let me ask you a question, bro. I,
3: I would rather go eight and eight this year and get him fired and start with a new coach next year with hope than go eleven and five, lose in the first round, and be saddled with this ass for another five years. Well, he's well, been at ten years, from. huh? Jesus Christ, it feels like forty.
2: Um Doc, if Sean Payton had the Cowboys roster, what what do you think uh, he'd be able to do with them?
3: Twelve
2: and four. Mm, okay.
3: It, maybe maybe thirteen and three, but twelve and four.
2: All right. Just curious. He, right.
3: He, uh, I tell you what. I tell you this. If we swapped coaches last week, we win.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> That's a definite <laughs> then So
3: th- so there you go, right there. There's one win. We didn't get, we would have got if we'd have had him.
2: Uh, well it's a big and night for wrestling. There's maybe a lot maybe going we on. could
3: fire maybe we could fire Jason Garrett and hire Urban Meyer. What would that do to me? Oh
2: my god, you would you might do the Von Erich thing.
3: I might. I really might. <laughs> that might be the end of it for me.
2: You better not say that because they're gonna do higher. <laughs>
3: that that might end my run.
2: That might end your Cowboys fandom.
3: It might. Like I put <laughs> up with Greg Hardy, Terrell Owens, just nonsense.
2: All right, I
3: uh. we I could do what I could do, I could live with Antonio Brown, but I can't do Irvin Meyer.
2: I hear you. All right, all right, uh, man. God. Well,
3: I didn't come here to talk about football. I came here to talk about wrestling.
2: All right, you got any alcoholic spotlights?
3: Didn't somebody have a shirt on somewhere on Twitter not too long ago doing something? Botard or Bozard or
2: No, you're talking about uh Marlin, half pint. Half pint. Good job, Half, half
3: pint. pint. You get half the spotlight pint. this week.
2: Half pint posted his uh Bt shirt. How about
3: yeah, thanks for buying that. We appreciate it. And uh we sell so few shirts that we can actually not just call you <laughs> later, we can actually mention it on the air. Um <laughs> There's, there's a business model for you. Don't sell anything so that you can mention each sale on the air. Uh, Mikey, DFW, you got it last week, but you mentioned it again on social media, so I, I'll give you the full spotlight this week. Um, no, I ain't got nothing, man. I'm ready to talk this wrestling, though. It's better this week, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Uh, let's. Matter of fact, I'm glad you said that. I want to mention two things, two people. Alexander, new Patreon member, thank you very much for signing up. And Brian Lowry, a.k.a at JBL objective on Twitter. Um, he also recommended this to uh, Mikey and DFW. So I got to, you know, I, I got to mention him as well. So Brian, thank you. Thank you for coming up, uh, becoming a Patreon member. We appreciate it. And thank you for all your support. So Harper, you got anything before we get into well, uh, Saturday night as his phone rings. No. Over, I just heard it. Uh-uh. Harper. I
3: got a, I got a question for you. Cause everybody uh-huh. heard, heard about my woes, but you said you got drunk during the game. Where did, where were you watching the game from? Uh the bay down the street.
2: It's a, fucking a whiskey hole bar. In the wall. It's a hole in a wall, Doc.
3: And then after that
4: I went to this uh place called Perry's that's open like twenty four hours.
3: Mm, that's not a good idea. What time did you shut down the drinking that night? Oh God. The next day. Down on oh three. <laughs> and Christ. were you with a with you were you with a a vagina haver? Yeah. Uh, yeah, but they're but they're friends of mine. Oh, so they no Harperizations? No,
4: no. Okay. Yeah, cause like I mean, once the base shut down, uh, me and all the bartenders went to Paris, and it's all broads. So.
2: Any prospects in those broads, Harper?
4: No. Oh, okay. Fuck! I've been looking at those fucking people since I was a kid. Hmm.
2: I probably know exactly who he's talking about because I was with him at that dumped the last time i was in town yeah okay right, well so we're gonna get into saturday night now doc
3: yeah this was actually a, a lot better than last week so uh I, you know I, always, I some shows like to like get the shows that are bad and make fun of them we like good wrestling so um it's always helpful right
2: i agree yeah <laughs> This is June 11, 1988. It's always helpful when it's a, a good Saturday night. Uh, this show opens with the entrance of Dusty and Sting. This is from The Clash of Champions, uh, of, or Clash of the Champions, and then we head right to the studio. When we go to the studio, it's Tony Jr. and David Crockett who mention the attack by the Horsemen on Luger that we covered on the most recent Clash of the Champions that uh, that dropped uh, just a few days before this show on our Patreon feed, tinyurl.com/patreonbtt. Sign up if you want coverage of that clash because it is up now for you to enjoy. Um, Doc, any any thoughts on anything from the opening?
3: Um, you see that crowd getting up as the, as that match was about to get started. Dude. Yeah.
2: I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get back. Yeah. I saw the crowd getting up and I'm trying to get Man, back. You to can
3: find, I, I downloaded an update to this network on my phone the other day. And first of all, the, the actual download of the update took forever and then it didn't update or improve a damn thing.
2: That's the new network. There you go. All right, let me let me go to this promo right now because uh, Tony and J.R. and David Crockett, they throw us to Barry Windham, who's challenging Dusty. And um, yeah, here it is.
5: Okay. I'm not afraid of Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes was the
1: catalyst for the he was the reason.
2: That crowd's hot, Hopper, ain't they?
3: Yeah, they're fucking hot, bro. But you know one of the things that happened here? Look, bro, look, at, look that. at that.
2: Look, look at, at, those at that people. crowd, man.
4: <laughs> you know so, what they look like? What? Like when you were a kid, and like you would kick a fucking ant pile open, and yeah. all the ants would just start fucking scurrying. <laughs> or That's
2: if exactly they were on like... It.
3: They also look like they're jumping up and down so fast.
2: He mute himself or hang himself yeah.
3: No, it looks like it's just sped up just a little bit.
2: It could be, but, you but know, still.
3: But still, that's a good analogy. And you know what my note was? The reason that they kicked off the crowd so much is they didn't stand there and make them wait for it. They said they're two pieces, and then they started throwing hands.
4: Yeah, I can't stand it when they, I shoot a promo, and I'm going to sit here and just stare at you. And then you're going to say something. And then I'm going to say something. And then the music's going to hit. And, and then this guy comes out. And they're going to say something. And then music hits again. And this asshole comes out. And they're going to say something. And then the boss comes out when his music hits. And it turns into a triple threat match. Why didn't you just do that shit to begin with?
3: That's right.
2: <laughs>
3: He's right, man. He's right
2: can't add nothing to it, but Harper's right. It's like, yada, 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 blah, 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 yada, yada. It's like Charlie Brown's teacher. want 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 womp, Okay, we're going to go to a triple threat match, and by this point, it's 7-20 on Monday Night Raw.
3: Mike, can you imagine they fly Harper up to be the consultant for Raw, and he comes into the score group with Vance. Okay, pal, so you had a chance to take a look at the show. What do Brah. I can fix all this shit in 30 seconds. (laughs) Well, goddamn, pal. Let's hear it. Spread it out.
2: And he just says what he just told us.
3: And he's sitting there in his white, his uh, yellow and green (laughs) jacket with the sleeves off. He's got (laughs) his,
2: he's got his grace King letterman jacket on halfway through it. Halfway
3: through it. He stops to sneeze and Vince loses his mind.
2: That would be fantastic.
3: <laughs> I could just. Can you imagine Harper and Vince interacting? I met Vince. Oh, okay. Let's hear about that.
4: I, mean, I shook his hand. That's it. Couple of times. But it was couple, to-
3: couple of times. Yeah. Where at?
2: Harper's Hop- big time. I at-
4: had fucking raw and SmackDown. All right. But he didn't Living get the, the- dream, bro. Get-
2: he didn't get the full effect. He didn't get he didn't get the hopper hopperisms and hopper philosophy during that meeting.
4: Hell no. Yeah. I was like, fuck, there he is.
3: Does he have oh, a does he truly have that presence that he's bigger than life or is he just another dude?
4: Is he's, there
3: an aura? I don't know if it's if it's him in in a gimmick,
4: but he was definitely a uh you could tell he was like a, a promoter uh a wrestling promoter. Okay. Like it wasn't just like, "Hey, what's up, man?" You could t- like he was, he was there for business.
2: About that business, boss. Yeah. yeah. Any other questions for Hopper, Doc?
3: No, I'm good. Uh man, this isn't actually kind of a long match for, uh, the Stinger there.
2: Yeah, they go right to the next match in the show. It's Sting, or the first match in the show, it's Sting <laughs> defeating Rick Allen. I've got nothing from it, Harper. Do you? Oh,
3: you got... No, no. We got Eddie fucking Munster Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh,
4: I I I can tell you, uh, Triple H is... The times I fucking duck with him, he makes you feel like you went to high school with him. Like, he's that, like... He's that cool with you.
3: uh Uh-oh, Mike. You hear that? He's an asshole. Come (laughs) on. Look at that. Look at that guy. Is his face painted for the fucking gimmick?
2: They're not talking about Triple H. <laughs> they're talking about Butch Patrick, Eddie Munster, who made an appearance on nah. this week's episode of Saturday Night. His face had, looks pasty white.
3: We had Eddie Haskell. Now we have Eddie Munster. He, he was on here once. Eddie he Haskell was was at the as a, was at the the first Clash.
2: Yeah, Albert didn't do Albert didn't do the first Clash with us. Yeah, he was
3: out with the judge. He was supposed to be one of the judges, but then right. he wasn't. But they never explained it. But he did a segment with Corny. Eddie fucking Haskell. Man, we're just running out these C-list, D-list celebrities. That looks. I mean, seriously, think about it, man. Over on W, and I don't give a shit because I'm here for the for the show. But they're running out Eddie Munster, and WWE's over there rolling out like. Liberace and a recent lopper, right? lopper. And here's Eddie Munster and Eddie Haskell from the Where <laughs> They Now fouls. Come on, just don't do it. I guess well, they were showing them. the uh
4: the Munsters on TBS and that's why he was there, maybe. Well, that's great. Well, why was Mark
3: Duper there a few weeks ago?
2: Well, they rolled oh, yeah, out Mark great. Duper and remember, like last year during the summertime, uh I think Dale Brown showed up.
3: That's oh yeah, just, that's right.
2: He might have been the only he might have been the most current person, because at least he was like a coach at that time, and LSU basketball was pretty big. But I mean, Eddie Munster, man, that 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 that's not very timely when you're talking about uh... Fuck,
4: no. Because I mean, dude, <laughs> when was the monsters on TV about twenty years prior to this? When
3: was it? Well, here's a he's, better he's question:
4: When was it good? And the answer is never. It's always crazy when you see those shows. Like, how could this be on network television? Uh, it was
3: that, a show, world. that show started in 64 and ended in 66.
4: So mm-hmm. it only lasted two fucking years? <laughs> right. <laughs> Three
5: seasons.
4: I'm trying to think, like, what would that be like now in 2019? Would that be like having a... oh? Uh, I would say like well, Kramer, but but Seinfeld was a was a, right. an iconic television show.
2: But see, it's different now, though Harper, because like these networks are very impatient. I mean, if that if a series comes on and it don't draw ratings that they expect, they drop that like n- they drop it quickly. I think back then you had a much longer leash. No, well, because, kind
4: of because they, they fucking needed content, was. and it was just something to throw up there.
2: Right. But they they'll they'll pull they'll they, I mean like I, I don't even like watching shows that come on anymore. I, I like to wait to see if a show's gonna stick around for a while and then I'll go back and watch it because it's just like I don't want to get invested in something that's not gonna have a finish. It's like watching a movie without an ending or or, or, or bad wrestling or a wrestling angle that doesn't have a finish to it. It's just stupid. But I don't know, like, back then, I think, you know, they had longer leashes. But, God, I, if you would ask asked me if that show only had three years, I would have told you no way. You're lying. And it wasn't that I was a fan of it. It's just I, I just didn't think. I thought there was a lot more to that damn show. But that's crazy. Hey, get, the,
3: right. hey, hey. get that dog shut up in the background there, pal.
2: I can't do nothing about that fucking dog. You know that. Put him in the yard.
3: Yeah, throw him outside. I think he's Nobody, out there. Nobody's there to uh, stop you anymore. You can do whatever you want. That's nice.
2: All right, uh, where are we at? Because we've been on a Sting match for 10 minutes now.
3: Dude, he's wrestling a marathon out there.
2: He really is. Uh, any other thoughts, though, from it, Harper or Doc? Nah. So then we go to Sting and Dr. Death. My notes, I got nothing from this. What do you have from it, Doc? Uh,
3: my notes are, uh, I got nothing from that.
2: All right, Hopper, you? Nothing. All right. They show a replay of Luger being attacked from the Clash of Champions that we covered. Like we already said, you can listen to it on our Patreon feed. Just sign up there, tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. That's the second Clash. The first Clash is there as well, along with the Bunkhouse Stampede 1988. So, with all that said, we're going to fast forward this thing all the way to this point. And we're going to go to some Ric Flair. Uh, while he's cu-
3: while he's queuing that up, Harper, did you see the, uh, the big... Uh... SMU game last weekend. They won again. Bro, they won again. Did you see that they got in in one of the rankings but didn't quite get in the other? No. Yeah, they are 23rd in one of the polls and 27th in the other. So, man, Lance has got to wait another week for... If they win. If they win. They play Tulsa, though. They got that right. Oh, yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. They could beat Tulsa.
2: I'm going I'm to tell you. I, I've people. always
4: wondered why the fuck it's Tulsa called the Tulsa fucking Hurricanes? Isn't that fucking stupid? <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's the it's like Hurricanes, have, but I agree.
4: It's and like it's, having the Dallas Blizzards or something. Oh, It's,
2: it's,
3: it's like, it's, what, what the fuck does that mean? And it's not like they're the Utah Jazz that moved from New Orleans. Right. It's just. Someone there, and
4: like, a dean's like, hey, uh, we need a mascot. I bought the Buffalo because we were fucking Oklahoma. Nah. Oh, something to do with the fucking Indian tribes? Maybe like the the Braves or the Warriors? Nah, let's go with fucking hurricanes. And then on, on a helmet, we're gonna have to fucking flag like they put like on a beach. This would be perfect. The
3: fuck, uh, no sir, beach. sir, sir, sir. Are you aware that we are a landlocked state? <laughs> yeah, going in water—it's just fucking
4: bathtub in the fucking bathroom,
2: Doc. He's hot about this, man. It's just man. like
4: one of those things. It's just like why, why? Uh, if if that's the case, just call you the fucking Bulldogs. or some fucking generic ass shit. The
3: one that always got me was Stanford with that tree.
4: Well, this well, well that's Whoa. like the state tree or something. That's like a buckeye. A bu- that's their, It's a it's a nut from a buckeye tree. because <laughs> that's their state tree. That's why they're the Buckeyes. Okay. But what, what what the fuck is a hurricane got to do with Tulsa fucking Oklahoma? Nothing. <laughs> maybe the fucking hey, uh, something, the Cyclones maybe. or Something to do with that kind of shit. Tornadoes. But a fucking hurricane?
2: He's upset about this.
4: This <laughs> doesn't make
3: sense.
2: <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, y'all ready for Ric Flair now, Doc?
3: Uh yeah, I, I right. this was this was pretty awesome.
2: Yeah, let's go to right now. We got Rick Flair and JJ Dillon up at the mic. Here it is.
0: You know, I'm not gonna say that we haven't seen that before because we have, but I think if we go back earlier in the day on the Blackhawk, Hawk, yeah, Blackhawk, you kind of alluded that something like that would happen. Well you're making it sound as if this act was
1: totally premeditated. There's a couple other points that I think are more important. Number one, whatever took place happened outside the arena. So, for once, the hands of the National Wrestling Alliance are tied. This is a personal issue between Lex Luger and the Four Horsemen. And what happened, frankly, did get a little bit out of hand, because what we wanted to do was to confront Lex Luger and just explain to him, one-on-one, what he was getting in store for on July 10th. And it was Lex Luger himself that precipitated the act by fighting as he did so violently and keeping the horsemen from confining him where we could have a few words with him. So actually it's his own fault that the whole thing happened. And if Dusty Rhodes and the Road Warriors and Dr. Death and Sting and Nikita and anybody else that wants to stand up, if they don't like it, that's (laughs) tough. You know, Luger used to say to me, he'd say, nature boy, When I was playing football, one of the real highs for me and all of my teammates was to hear you say, now we go to school. (laughs) Well, you see, Luger, what happened to you in Miami, Florida was, it was school time, it was an education. And now, Luger, you see, I got one here. It doesn't bother me a bit, because I know that to be a stud in this sport, you've got to pay the price. And you see, what's upon us right now is the great American Bash. Luger, you and I in particular have got a date in Baltimore, Maryland on the 10th of July. But Preceding that. And God only knows I don't want to be there. But have I gotta be in the war games? Have I gotta be in cage matches leading up to it? Then pal, you better remember one thing. The horsemen, the powers of pain, the varsity club, they're all my good friends. They all thrive on the blood and guts that make you a man in this sport. And the bottom line is, pal, that you and Sting, oh, Dr. Death, the water and hole was nothing, pal, compared to what you're gonna understand. You see, Sting, look at Luger. He won't show you proudly, but they tell me he's got 20 stitches in that eye. 20 stitches, pretty boy. Thing, you're next. Cause I'm telling you that in the 30 days between now and July 10th, Dusty Rhodes, Sting, Nakita, Dr. Death, The Road Warriors, you all will find out firsthand why this is synonymous with world championships, with greatness with financial success because the bottom line is and this is the most serious thing that I've ever said to the public in my entire life I live and die and breathe each day of my life for this business Mm. I've gone through women I've gone through cars I've gone through bankruptcy. I've done it all to me be the best. And Luger, July 10th, I'm going to hit you. I'm going to break you. I'm going to squeeze you. And boys, let's have a look saying!
0: Right now. Woo. Fans, Lex Luger is here today, and Jim Ross will talk to him a little bit later on.
2: Uh, He gets a Rolex. What do you think, Doc?
3: My exact note was, that's how you win a Rolex. (laughs) Exact note was, that's how you win a Rolex.
2: Just give it to him now, man. When
3: When he said, this is the most serious thing I've ever said, and then he calmed down enough to say what he said, and you know, when he says, I've been through bankruptcy and women and cars, but I live and die by this business, dude. What do you do?
2: Somebody to to every somebody. If there's wherever there's promo classes, just just show this to them.
3: Mm. You see him. You seen go for it. He got so worked up at the end. He went for his head again and then caught himself. You he was getting ready man. to open that shit up again.
2: Harper, <laughs> what did you think?
4: You know what I fucking love most about this? is in the beginning. JJ explained because If you're a kid watching this, you're thinking, wait a minute, not too long ago we saw Dusty beat up uh, Tully with the fucking baseball bat, and and he got suspended. Why aren't they suspended? Right. And he explained it, because this happened outside the arena, so the NWA
3: doesn't have any control over this. And besides, even what happened, it wasn't our fault, it was Luger's fault.
2: Okay, and so I took some like really specific notes on that, and I'm glad you brought it up, Harper, because J.J. tells Tony to stop making accusations that this was premeditated. So he walks out and tells Tony, bruh, stop running your trap. You don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, we were trying to show Luger how tough of a fight he was in for, and then he blames Luger and says <laughs> that we were just trying to talk to Luger, and things got out of hand when Luger fought back. And as yeah. a fan, you're like... No, you weren't. But J.J.'s a heel, so it's okay for him to lie and, and, and be yep. like that. It's mm-hmm. That's like textbook how to do it. And yep. nobody does that anymore. But it was just textbook. Nope.
4: I mean, nowadays we see this. Because I remember as a kid, you, 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 I, I, I used to wonder, how come nothing happens? How come nothing happens? I, because this was still packaged as a sport. Right. And I used to think, dude, if fucking Joe Montana showed up to the Meadowlands with the 49ers, they walk into the locker room and fucking Lawrence Taylor comes out from behind a Coke machine with a baseball bat and takes out his fucking knee, he would be in jail. How come this doesn't happen here? Right. And this kind of helps explain that.
2: (laughs) He told a lie. (laughs) (laughs) We were just trying to talk to him and things got out of hand. Okay, <laughs> which is great in itself. Uh, any other thoughts, Doc, before we keep going?
3: I mean, things have been on a kind of an even keel. Rick came out there and set it straight.
2: That's how you build towards the bash, though, with yep. the match that they'll have. I'm not. I'm not going to tell you. I mean, people have seen it. I'm not going to tell you they have a great match or anything, but. Like that's how you build a feud. I mean, that's how you. Yeah, get they're building the that shit, man. Yeah. So him and Lex will be at the bash. We still got a month to go before we get to that point, almost. But because uh, it's July tenth. But good stuff. Right so I could tell you,
4: as a kid, I couldn't wait to watch it. Mm-hmm. When yeah. they finally get into the ring, and and this is it. This all is the it.
3: all the anticipation, all yes, the, all the buildup. It's all it's all right there now. And they're it's not going to be
4: in a triple threat match with fucking Nikita next week on fucking Raw.
3: Hey, man, <laughs> JJ said it himself. This is a personal issue. He said yeah. uh, uttered those words. What do personal issues do, Michael?
2: Uh, well, they're personal, and it's there's there's heat there, and they we draw celebrate.
3: money. They draw money.
2: Well, that too. Yes, personal issues draw money. With that said, Barry defeats. Curtis Thompson in a match. And then we go to JJ Dillon and Barry Windham with a promo. And here they are. United States heavyweight champion, Barry Windham, a man that has true confidence in
0: anything he can do.
1: The man is extremely confident. But as you can see on today's program, everybody is talking about the great American ambassadors sweeping all across this country. And right in the thick of it, of course, is July 10th in Baltimore, that is a night of uh, particular importance. But every match leading up to the Great American Bash is important. I don't care if it's this coming Monday in St. Martin in the Netherlands Antilles. I don't care if it's Tuesday in St. Thomas. If it's the rest of the week, wherever it happens to be, because the NWA stars appear all over the world. But all roads eventually are leading to Baltimore on July 10th in what will be, Barry. The greatest test of your life. But you when you meet Dusty Road, you will be prepared. You know, what? I tell you what, I love the nature boy when he comes out here and gets fired up like he was just a little bit ago. You know, when I used to have to face him, when I would see the nature boy get bent out of shape like that, when everything was on, like he said. I got butterflies. It made me a little bit afraid when the nature Boy eyeballs were gouging out of his head. Because everybody out there knows that the nature boy means business. Lex Luger, when you see the Nates like that, you better be prepared because he means business. Now, Dusty Rhodes, let me tell you, as everyone out there knows, and as I have said time and time again here on national television, I am not afraid of you, and what you have taught me is minuscule compared to what the horsemen have done for me. The four horsemen stand for excellence. Since I have been a horseman, I have had the United States Takeaway Championship, I've had more money, I've had a lot more things in life that I can appreciate. And Mr. James J. Dunn has helped me do that. So Dusty Rhodes, don't think for one minute that you're gonna take anything away from me because the United States Heavyweight Championship is on the line on July 10th in Baltimore. And you and I are gonna go in there with one thing in mind. The championship is not gonna be what you and I are wondering about and what we're worrying about. You and I are after each other. And Dusty Rhodes, your time is about up. It's time for you to move over and let the new kid in town
0: take the wheel. All right, July 10th in Baltimore. It's going to be some.
2: Barry said uh, since he's became a horseman, he's had a lot more things. I Rats. See yes. why you love the horse.
3: Ass, ass, like, ass, ass. <laughs> like, like, the, like the legend Al Snow once
2: said, I'm going to go have some sex. <laughs> right. Where are you, JR, where are you going when he asked him that in Smoky Mountain and Al Snow said, I'm going to have some sex. (laughs) I thought Barry was, was really good. I thought Barry was really good there when he,
3: I always liked when the heels, well, any of them in this 605 show would come out and reference something else that's already happened, man. It made it seem like it was all tied together. And this is one story. And now it just feels like guys are coming out and saying their lines and going to the back. This made it feel like it was connected. And I really like the fact that Wyndham was like, man, I, I used to be where you were Lex. And when Brick gets this worked up, get your ass.
2: It's like watching a real sport. I mean, that's how it is. If you watch a basketball game, like the announcers are always referencing, you know, something that happened earlier that changed momentum or, you know, how we got to this point. It's kind of the same concept. I mean, it's, it's, they treat it like a sport. I see exactly. I agree wholeheartedly. Harper, what'd you think?
4: Yeah. I like how he, cause he, 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 He explains why he's with him now, even though he was once his enemy. Yep. And it seems like nowadays people just there's there's no explanation why you would just go with this guy when when two weeks ago he was hitting you with a with a steel chair.
2: Yep. God man, this this show's off and running. I can Mm -hmm. tell you that now. All right, Doc. You got anything from Dr. Death versus Trent Knight? He defeats Trent Knight.
3: Can't say that I do.
2: All right. So with that said, you know, we've we've had some great promos in this episode so far. Um, how about we go to, a, to another great one? Okay. There you go. Arn, Tully, JJ. Tully looks hung
3: over here. Or still drunk from the night before. <laughs> The brave world tag team champions, the men that jumped Lex Luger. Really proud
0: of yourselves, aren't you? You know, David, (laughs) you amaze me more
1: each and every week. Why don't you just hold the microphone and do what you get paid for. I'll tell you what, you know, we listen to Sting come out here and talk about, I'm going to beat up the horse, I'm going to beat up Ric Flair, Arnett, Stony Blanchard, Mary Wyndham because because of what they did to Lex Luger. Well, you know what, Sting? You better worry about what we're going to do to Sting. Because, you know, I guess maybe you were so distraught about what happened to Luger earlier that you couldn't go out there and wrestle up to your capabilities because on national television, you had a chance to put yourself in the record books by beating Arne and myself with Dusty Rhodes as your partner. But no, you couldn't do it, could you? So you worry about Luger and you worry about all this other stuff instead of worrying about yourself because next it's gonna be 40 stitches in your eye, maybe in a parking lot outside and some night. So, Sting, you take care of it because we take care of business the way we do it best. Now, you want to talk about the batches coming up? You guys want to get even with the horsemen? Get into war games, big man, because we wrote the book on being bad. We're the baddest of the bad. At 4 in the morning, we do everything better than anybody. It doesn't make any difference what it is, any walk of life. We are the best. That's why we can do this. Luger, the good news is... In Miami, you look spectacular in that rented tux. You look delicate. The bad news is now you got to pay for it because we ripped it to shreds. You see, Luger, this is not a laughing matter. Now, with 40 stitches in your head, you know what Rhodes has been through. You know what Flair's been through. You know what the rest of the horsemen have been through. you are not so pretty anymore. Your head looks like my head, but the difference is I'm not one to go to Hollywood. This is what the Horsemen do. That's why we're the world champions. And you want a gut check? Sting, Dr. Death, Road Warriors, Garvin's, Dusty Rhodes, Nikita. You really want to find out where you're at, gut-wise? Like Tully Blanchard said, you get into war games, get locked in a cage like an animal, and that's where you'll find out where you're at gut-wise. And in this sport of professional wrestling, so David Crockett, I've said it once and before, Civil War 88 cranks up. You've seen a lot of intensity out of a lot of people. Well, you look at the enforcer, my man. I am Mr. Intensity. I'm going to take a lot of hurt out on a lot of people. The bottom line is, David Crockett, where the champion's going in and where the champion's coming out. He's going to show you why now. In a few minutes, I'll show you why we're all the best. All
0: right, let's go to the ring and Tully Blanchard.
2: Jesus Christ, Arn. Uh Harper, I'll go to you first this time.
4: It's fucking great. He's like, you see your head? My head looks like that now. I'm not trying to be a movie star, motherfucker. This is my life.
3: <laughs>
2: Jesus, that was so good.
3: I like Tully saying he, they do things better at 4 a.m. than anybody. Yeah. yeah.
2: I Yeah, and then Tully also said, "Detol Sting, look, pal, stop worrying about you, what we did to Luga. Worry about what we're going to do to you, pal. You, Jesus
3: yeah, Christ. You could get 40 stitches near your eye, too.
2: <laughs> uh Arn, another quote. The good news is you look great in that rented tux. The bad news is we ripped it to shreds.
4: And now, you, now they got paid for that bitch.
2: Oh man, this, this is uh between him and Rick. So far, it's like a ma- and JJ. It's a master class of just why why can't why why can't people cut promos like this anymore? Like I don't know if anybody but the Briscoes can do what what they do, like what these guys are doing week in and week out, but. I don't know, man. Uh, Doc, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. What else you got?
3: No, that's it, and you're right. I mean, the Briscoes are different in their approach, but they're the only people I know, and I'm not out there scouring it, looking for it. Maybe I've heard, I haven't seen the guy, but MJF.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's His promos are damn good, too. Give him credit.
3: But that take this shit seriously enough to be able to cut that kind of promo. <laughs> and he Harper, was- and obviously Harper. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, yeah. yeah I mean, nobody's as good as Hopper, especially when he's in the WWL TV studio and he tells Sheba Turk, the lovely Sheba Turk, that he's the first mm. five-star uh, professional or uh, five-star pro football or college football player from Delgado University, yes.
4: She's uh, she's fine, huh?
2: Oh, my God, she is glorious. Oh. Yum. God, she is the, oh. if, if, if People, if you don't know who I'm talking about, Sheba Turk. Look it up. Um, anyway, we'll keep going. Uh, Tully beats the hell out of Dave Spearman uh, in the next match. And then, dear God almighty, Kevin Sullivan beats the piss out of Bob Riddle.
3: Jeez. Hey, I got it here. 38-20, um, please.
2: Oh, okay. He's all over.
3: He's all over this guy. But at 38-20, we get some almost Jeff Daniels action here. Here,
2: it comes. here it or comes. comes. Or whatever his name
3: Right here. I thought he was going to the oh back of the head.
2: He almost got him like he got Jeff Daniels in Smoky Mountain. Yeah, yeah. He busted him wide open.
3: Keith Daniels, Jeff Daniels, I forget his name, but yeah, yeah. He, split that guy's, he split that guy's wig from the backside. You got hot about it. You said you wanted to stick a golden spike in his eye for that.
2: I mean, it was reckless. I mean, I think anybody who watched it would say it's reckless. But, but I
3: like this, man, because this was different. This was a level of aggression that you don't normally see on the Saturday night show, and it, it drives home the point that Sullivan's a madman.
2: He just don't he treats these guys. He's 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 almost as bad as Ronnie Garvin in some. Ways. I thought the same thing Yeah. this. I mean he but the you thing know is, he doesn't he doesn't stretch him, him in, him in to like be like that though. Right. He that, wouldn't. That's true. Like he doesn't he doesn't put the guys in like that bow and arrow hold and he doesn't put them in any sugar holes or anything that but like Garvin does, but Sullivan lays it in, man. He beats the hell out of these guys. Harper, what else you had from this? He, he fucks his
4: poor little guy up. Man,
2: he's just beating this poor bastard. Oh, it's it's rather sad. It's rather sad. Um, All right, Doc, any other thoughts before I go to Sullivan's promo? Who's no, I want to hear it, though. Again? Yeah, he's about to tell us again what he does to Patty. Here it is. Mm. <laughs> Sullivan, the games master. I want to ask one question. What was it that you had that Patty wanted so much? What was that note? Was it a note letter? Yeah,
5: it was a note. It goes way back. Let me tell you something, David Crockett. Everybody's getting ready, obviously, for July 10th in Baltimore. Ric Flair will die in the ring rather than give that to Luger. But I'm gonna say something. Everybody has stopped telling the truth here on the subject with me and Patty. If you wanna know why I'm so mad, it's real simple. She used to drive my car, she used to eat at my table, and she used to sleep in my bed. It's real simple. It has happened to every man in America. Some slime ball comes over, and it starts for cocktails. And then it goes for afternoon tea. And then the next thing you know, she is moved out and living at another address. Well, Jimmy Gavin, I'll be damned if in Baltimore, in the Tower of Doom, it reaches to the ceiling. And yes, I devised it because I'm going to tell you one thing, Jimmy Garvin. You can take anybody you want. The American Dream, the Road Warriors, Lex Luger, and you can roll them up. You can roll them up. And shove them where the sun don't shine, because, Gavin, there ain't no place to hide. You took something that was very, very precious to me, and you mocked me by giving her the name Precious. Her name is Patty, and believe me, Gavin, in the Temple of Doom, you see the beating I gave this kid? It's cookies and milk. I'm going to
2: take your eye and make a keychain out of it.
3: All right,
5: ladies and gentlemen, we have a station of notification.
2: We'll be right back. Uh, okay, Doc, you wanted to hear what you got? Where
3: can I buy the Jimmy Garvin eyeball keychain? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Bruh, the only thing about this that hurts the credibility is that damn Tower of Doom. But other than that, when he goes, You mocked me by naming her precious. Dude, and you can just, I, he just paints out the picture that you can see Jimmy Garvin stopping by the apartment and being like, hey, you want to go get a drink? I mean, I just thought this was, I mean, it's just meat and potatoes, but so good.
2: Well, it's, a f- it's foul because, I mean, they're just like leaning into this. This man is he like stalking another man's wife, and it's just like.
3: No, he's not. He, it was his. It was his woman first. Well, yeah, that, that, he stole that, his old that, lady, huh? That, 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 yeah, that Jimmy Garvin did. is the home wrecker. What oh, if Harper? If Garvin's
2: a home wrecker. Okay.
3: Yeah. What What would you do if Harper came over and stole Sasha? Yeah. Well, I mean, what if I went would, there and had would, some cocktails with her? Then he it turned into it because it he, couldn't bring, bring, tea.
2: he couldn't bring her home to Mama because Mama, would, <laughs> Mama wouldn't. I will would just tell
4: her she's Sicilian.
2: Oh, yeah, sure. She'll pass for Sicilian. <laughs> Sicilians aren't quite that dark. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, uh, Harper, what do you have from Sullivan here? He's he's fucking, you
4: know, he stole his fucking old lady. He stole his fucking woman.
2: And he basically said in so many words, again, I used to bang Precious, a.k.a. Patty. I
4: used to hit she that shit.
2: shit. Basically, I used to, it's yeah. I me.
4: Mean, it sounded like something off of uh, Jerry Springer, almost.
2: It, it did. It did. Okay, uh, Doc, Luger's next. I thought this was a good promo. What did you think?
3: I, too, thought this was a good promo. I actually liked this from Luger. All
2: right. Let's go to it. I'm, I'm assuming Hopper liked it, too. I thought he was yeah, really yeah. good in, in his I
3: thought he was. I thought he was about a, just a tad too long.
2: Well, yeah. But
3: I... But I thought this was, was a really nice promo from Lex Luger.
2: It's very noble uh, from a babyface baby standpoint. Here it is. Ladies and gentlemen, this past Wednesday night, I witnessed one of the most
0: violent acts I have ever seen in any walk of life, not just in professional wrestling, and have it right before my very eyes. I want to thank Lex Luger for being here in less than, than perfect conditions, Lex. Thank you for being here. I know you got something to say to the fans. First of all, how are you feeling?
1: I wouldn't miss this for the world, Jim Ross. Because you see, when I'm laid up in that emergency room with a hospital, God bless Jim Crockett. He's in one ear saying, Lex, I don't know what to do. My hands are tied. It didn't happen to me. I don't know what I can do. I said, Jim Crockett, I don't want you to do diddly squat. I don't want a suspension. I don't want you to take any means that would make me have to avoid the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. You're not getting off that easy, Ric Flair. And I've got the police saying, Mr. Luger, Mr. Luger, you want to press criminal charges? Hell no! I don't want to press criminal charges because you'll have one of your high-priced attorneys get you out an hour. The sentence for the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, takes place in Baltimore July 10th. And there's no getting over it anymore. Because you see for a long time, Nature Boy, you made me wait months and months. And when you will finally face with the reality of this right here, you said to yourself, what do I do? Well, you bring your sons, your goons, to a parking lot. Well that's great! With four guys! But in Baltimore, you've got to walk that aisle. And this time, the rules are reversed. You've had a long career. You said you've you blend. You said you sweat Well, this time around. You're going to bleed more in that one match. You're going to sweat more than you've ever had in your whole career, nature boy. Because you're mine in Baltimore. And this time, you walk that aisle with that sick feeling in your stomach. Because for all the time you made me wait, this time what you've done is you've just fanned the flames. You have lit a powder keg that you will not be put out. That belt means more to you than anything in this world. Well, nature boy, to make a saying from you, when you walk that aisle with that sick feeling in your stomach and it's turning, and you know that I'm waiting for you in that ring in Baltimore. (laughs) Baby, let me tell you something. You are gonna be mine all night long nature boy and you're right
0: i uh don't know we've heard enough it's gonna be something on july the 10th let's
3: go to the ring i don't
2: know what's up with all the the silent audio that's not me He
3: he kept saying ass
2: I mean, yeah I but i your mean your ass
3: or your ass is mine
2: We've heard. That. I don't. I don't get it. We've heard that a million times. I, it, I guess TBS was just being very sensitive about this type of stuff. But whatever. Um, Doc, what are your thoughts on Luger?
3: I like it because I like his voice cracking and some light cussing and just. I don't want the cops or Jim Crockett involved. I'll handle this. That's just all good babyface stuff. And he had some good emotion there. I, I thought he did great.
2: I thought I got the exact same note about that, Harper. What about you?
4: Yeah, I liked it. And once again, he explained, why didn't the police get involved? Yep. They tried, and he said, no, fuck that. I got this.
2: And that's like a very noble thing to do. No, mm-hmm. I don't want your help. I'm going to handle this in the ring July 10th when I go for that world title. That's all you need to know. It's like you can't get any better than that. Uh, So we go to this yeah. next match. It is Arn Anderson who defeats Smoky Mountain talent Tommy Angel. Doc, any thoughts on Arn whooping up on Tommy Angel?
3: Uh, he's all he's on him there, but if you go to 47:25, I just wonder who messed that up.
2: Uh, I would go with Tommy Angel. I, I just saw it. it That's it, it nice. <laughs> Tommy got a, I don't know. It looked like he got stuck, and it was like, all right, let me throw a drop kick, and that was that. Aubrey, any other thoughts on this match? No. we go to the Spam Slam of the Week. Um, Our targeted Southern Wrestling Marketing of the Week goes to Tommy Rogers from the Fantastics for a uh, big power slam. And then we go to a promo. JR and Tony plug a bunch of upcoming bash matches, and then we get a replay of the big occurrences between the Row Warriors and Powers of Pain as they continue to build this up. But as we know, nothing's going to happen because the Powers of Pain are going to leave. I we're we're like a week or two away from them no longer appearing actually we might be here at this point but um the powers of pain yeah it's not happening as you know and then we go to a um we go to the midnight express well, do they
4: do they like you say anything about it or are they just like just completely just stop talking about it
2: um i th- i think it's the Roe warriors cut a promo talking about how they tucked their tail and ran
4: oh okay like
2: i don't remember if uh shivani and jr like talk about it i'm sure they do but i i know i think it was animal cuts a promo like the week that they don't show up and they're officially gone and he said you know they tucked their tail and ran and and um yeah they're they're, they're (laughs) the russian assassin that's all i'm gonna say uh, wait till we get there. We're 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 about to get there. Uh, it might be be next week. I can't remember, but they're gone, and the Royal Warriors will cut a promo on them from leaving. We go then to the Midnight Express, who defeat Bob Emery and Ryan Wagner. Cornette is just the mic All- the whole time. Here's
3: the thing: if Rick hadn't been Rick and Arn hadn't been Arn, Corny would have won the the Rolex because he's on it. And does he have a Tony the Tiger? Tennis racket thing. Tennis racket cover. Yeah. And did you see how much Dick Dance and Stan Lane came out doing?
2: Oh dear God. He and he he hits a wiggle in the middle of the match too. That was no glorious. kidding. <laughs> uh, that is a tiger on on Corny's. Um, Corny's looking kind of slim there, if you, to me.
3: That's just because you've been watching ninety-five Smoky Mountain for That's this true. week's show, and he he's looking round. He's
2: looking plump. Yeah.
4: Great.
2: Yeah, that is the Tony the Tiger <laughs> thing. Bring you out the, the tiger, tiger in you. Right.
3: Now watch Stan Lane here. He's getting it for the ladies right about now. Look at him. <laughs> <it. laughs> mm, what's up, pal? <laughs> <laughs> we'll drink some, drink some wine coolers
4: with you later on. God, some Stan white, is like...
3: Some, some white claws.
4: Yeah, white claws. Stan no. is nailing it
2: at this point.
4: Dude, that's just getting big, huh? What? The fucking white claws?
3: It's growing in popularity. Yeah,
4: because now, like because I mean, because now they have like two or three other kinds.
3: When's the yeah. last time you had? When's the last time you had one?
4: I never had one. I don't even know what the fuck it is. Me I mean I it, it was a wine cooler. I see them. I see them all over the place, and like bars have them now.
2: Hold on. Hold on, Doc. Here it comes. Here comes. Watch watch Stan Lane with the wiggle. It's glorious.
3: (laughs) How sleazy is that? He's Uh. such
2: a sleazeball.
3: (laughs) What did they say? It was one of those omnibus things that Corny did about the late 89 or 90, 88, 89 Crockett, and they were somewhere up in like Newfoundland or Canada, Nova Scotia, and. Corny goes, we had a day off, and Stan was miserable because we were stuck at the hotel, and there wasn't any pussy around, so he just flew home. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I remember that. He was like, Stan – I think he said something like Stan was going crazy. He wasn't getting any pussy. He just was about to lose his mind. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. Any other thoughts, though, on uh, the Midnight defeating these guys, Ryan Wagner and Bob
3: Emery Duck? They look good as always. Yeah.
2: Tony called Cornett – he literally called him Mister Filibuster.
3: He went for a he went for a a hard long time here, man. He was going hard for a while,
2: dude. He went like six and, minutes straight.
3: And, and the other thing is, I think it's really easy to take for granted how awesome Corny and Tony and Jr all play off each other in this. How naturally oh, yes. disgusted they are with one another and just shoot lines. And it's just – it's natural riffing off each other. They do it almost as good as the three of us.
2: <laughs> well, I like the line from like a month or so ago when Corny said something and J.R. was like, that's real classy. Like, he basically said Hopper's line. He's like, that's nice. That's nice, Jimmy. That's nice. And then when Jim went into the cake, and if you remember, J.R. was like, oh, Jimmy – Oh, Jimmy, that's too bad, Jimmy. And, like, he's just mocking them. They're, they're really great. All The three of them are great together. I'm not trying to knock David Crockett, but he just couldn't do what those three would do together. It just wasn't happening. All right. Uh, any other thoughts on the Midnight, Hopper?
4: No, this is a great fucking – this is fun to watch.
2: Yeah, yeah. Beating some ass and all yeah. that stuff. And, of course, this thing just froze up again. No, no, it didn't. There it is. All right. look,
3: how much, look at Stan. He's cackling. He liked that shit where they busted him up on the straitjackets. jackets.
2: He sure the hell did. He was enjoying it. So they replay Bobby Fulton with the straitjacket and the Fantastics being attacked once Bobby couldn't defend himself and the Midnight coming out and taking care of some business. And then we go to Cornette, who's going to cut a promo after that. And here it is.
0: Put you in that straitjacket, you can't move your arms. You cannot Let me tell you, yeah. Bobby Fulton couldn't move his arms, couldn't move his legs, couldn't move nothing for a while. Let me tell you something, what beautiful Bobby did right there was try to fracture Bobby Fulton's skull. We had it all planned out. The design in mind was to get rid of the Fantastics and keep me from going in that straitjacket. And, brother, that's as close a thing as you'll see on TV to attempted at homicide in a long time. But I'll tell you this, Fantastics, you're hot, you're mad, you got blood in your eye, you want revenge. You want Bobby, you want Stan, and you want me. Well, that's good. I want you at your baddest. I want you at your best. I want you at your toughest. I want you at your meanest, brother. Because when you get in that ring with the Midnight Express and they beat you, I want everybody to be able to say that the Midnight Express beat the Fantastics when they were at their very best, when they were hungry, when they wanted revenge, when they had that blood in their eye. I want everybody to be able to say that the Midnight Express were the better team. When all those people all across the country calling those cable companies saying, get me this thing right in my living room, just to see me humiliated, I'm going to turn the tables on them, brother. Because you're the ones going to be humiliated, Fantastics. I'm not. I may be hauled up here 50 feet in the air. I may be wrapped up like that in a straitjacket like I belong in a rubber room at the Puzzle Factory. But brother, I'll tell you one thing. I'm going to have the best seat in the house. I'm going to have the best seat in the house to look down in the middle of that ring and see the Midnight Express beat you and take the US Tag Team titles that they deserve, that they own, and that they should still possess and put them back where they belong right around their waist. That's what I'm going to see, Fantastics. so just remember, I told you, that was only the start. We got more tricks up our sleeve where that came from. And if you make it to the Great American Bash, then you're going to have to pay the price for freedom. <laughs> only I don't think you've got that much money in your pocket. And I don't think you're going to have that much guts when you get in that ring with the Midnight Express. So remember, you're losing those titles. They're coming back to the Midnight Express. And brother, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> you said I was crazy. But Bobby Fulton, you're the one that ended up getting your head examined. all right ladies and
2: gentlemen listen coming up later in the program the fantastics will be here Uh, i love that doc what you got corny especially Um, um,
3: well imagine cutting that promo after going crazy for a few minutes there uh he just basically admitted that they tried to kill a man on tv and that line at the end that popped you was a great line
2: i thought so yeah if i'm so crazy why Are you the one that have that had to have your head examined? How much yeah. you I, have from it?
4: Yeah, dumbass. Get
2: dumbass.
4: Yeah. I want to yes. see him get get put in a fucking straitjacket. So when does this happen?
2: Where were you last week?
4: What? Do we see this already? No. Yeah. Jesus
2: Christ. Uh, uh, go ahead, doc. What why you why are you Jesus Christ and me? What did I do?
3: I'm just, I don't understand why Harper doesn't remember that that shit happened last week. <laughs> no, it, it was didn't. the, o- it, it was the only thing worth the shit that happened last week. No,
2: no, I, no. Cornette.
3: Oh, no spoilers.
2: Oh, All right. Cornette in a straight jacket. Oh yeah. You got to yeah. wait till the great American bash. I got you. Oh. Yeah. That's going to great. That's going to be just, he Bears.
3: just told you in that promo, you're going to have to pay to see that. God right. damn
2: it. Which is smart. You want to see me in a street jacket? Pay for it, asshole.
3: Yeah, that's why. That's why none of us ever saw any anything really ever happen in wrestling as kids. Isn't that true, though? That was the barrier think... that was that that wall might as well have been 400 feet high for us because we <laughs> were getting over it. I remember having a look, look in magazines. Yes, and those come out. Who knows when? <laughs> You're right.
2: I know we've talked about this before, and I just don't know the answer though. Doc, when's the first live pay per view you ever saw? wrestling first. wrestling no no not like not boxing or anything like that
3: uh well it probably was my first live pay-per-view probably was a wrestling pay-per-view and it had to be had to be 1995 damn yeah
2: okay harbor like when i were...
3: left i left the sport came back Years later and then got one in my twenties. I was in my twenties. I know that. Okay.
2: All right. Harbor.
3: I saw wh- I got to see I got to see a Larry Holmes boxing match on HBO and we didn't have HBO. My grandparents did I and we got my dad and I drove over to their house on a Saturday night, whenever that was, and that was the biggest thing other than the Super Bowl or whatever I had ever seen. And I just remember thinking, man, if this is this cool, I wonder what wrestling pay per views are like. And then it would be like another, I don't know, 11 years before I found out. Fuck.
2: Harper, when's the first uh, live wrestling pay I say wrestling pay per view. I mean, we all saw VHSs. Yeah. There, but when's the first live wrestling pay per view you think you saw? You know,
4: I think it was WrestleMania 2.
2: Oh, shit. You were real lucky.
4: Yeah, my friend uh, Randy, He would. his dad, would, he'll always get us WrestleMania 2. And I know, I remember seeing one of them where there was an intervention for him to set the fucking uh, cage up. And it was about 15, 20 minutes of, like, nothingness. And I think that was WrestleMania too. But 2. I two know, was the one in, in three def-
2: locations, right?
4: Right. Two was the one. It was in two... Two different areas, and it, it was Hogan and Bundy in the cage. Oh, Bundy
2: in the, okay, yeah, yeah, I, that, and, yeah. And, that would make and,
4: sense. but I know definitely we we got WrestleMania three because I was like the biggest thing in my fucking life at that time was fucking Hogan versus Andre. Damn,
2: you saw that? I I didn't see a pay per view to like, thankfully, to my neighbor across the street who had the the illegal cable box that would scr- unscramble the. Pay per view channels, yeah, to like ninety two ish, ninety three, what whatever Super Brawl three was, WCW, I think that was the first one I think I saw. I that's so fucking long ago, I don't really, remember. dude. I, but what, I remember, I, I showed sure in my friend Radio
4: <laughs> Yeah, fuck that, my friend that would have been, had that would have been ninety
3: three.
2: Okay, sounds about right. What, what were you about to say, yeah. Harper?
4: And a friend of mine, Randy, had the box with the chip in it, and we used to just watch them all, all through the 90s, like, all the way till the end. And, and I remember those, God, those WCW ones were just so fucking... I was like, man, thank God we're, we're not paying for this shit. Like, the fingers f- from the thing and...
2: Oh, once it got to that point, it was just... I, yeah. I didn't, didn't want to watch it. I was it thinking, got to,
4: thank God. I didn't, want,
2: <laughs> I didn't want to watch them for free.
4: <laughs> right. I'm thinking... Bro, let's just go to the bar.
2: There's got to be something better to do without time than watch this, right? <laughs> yeah, it got bad. It got bad. Uh, Kyle, wow. I wish you could figure out how many people watched those things illegally back then. Because man, I had a good friend who who had uh I, that I met in like '95, and he had he had the box. By that time, I was I was um, I'd go by his house all the time, and he just. I I remember thinking in 95, 96, 97, there was a time period I was like, man, these are good. I mean, but then you got to that late 90s, early 2000. Yeah. He was like, bro, we got a WCW pay-per-view Sunday. I was like, yeah, I don't think I'd be over there, man.
4: Yeah, fuck you when you're uncensored.
2: (laughs) I don't know if I'd be over there. Well, Doc, that was the one with the uncensored in the cage, right? With the Tower of Doom where you was like, man, I want my money back. Wasn't it? What? where they were in the cage of uh, the, the, the dungeon of doom versus uh Hogan and savage one at the 95. Um, what pay-per-view was that, that you were like, man, I want my money back.
3: I don't The one whatever ever had the damn ta- tower of doom, but
2: so it was uncensored though. Uh,
3: I don't know. Like 95. Huh? I don't, I don't care.
2: Okay. All right. I mean,
3: here's the thing. I, I don't want to talk about th- the days when I was poor. I want to talk about the days that I'm rich. Got gotcha. you. Sure I'm about. telling you though. Think about it. Think about. I mean, not that you want to, but man, we used to live where it. it those things were what twenty nine ninety nine. They might as well have been two hundred and ninety nine.
2: Jesus Christ, you ain't kidding. Yeah, that that twenty nine ninety nine may as well have been a hundred or two hundred bucks each. Right. All right. I'm telling. So, I'm
3: telling you. I'm telling you, with each passing day, I don't know how poor people do it. (sighs) Boy, you ain't kidding. I used to be a lot smarter than I am now. You know how I know? Because I figured out how to be poor and live because I couldn't do it again.
2: Let's keep going.
3: So all all I'm saying out there is if you're in the Army and you're poor, stop being poor. It sucks. Oh, come on, bro. I'm on the other side of that fence now. And let me tell you, it's worth it to try to get some money in your pocket. All right, not now, you just
4: okay. We got a Boy, replay. You, you, you just get some ramen noodles and and throw them in a the fucking pot and you take a one of those little cheap red hot dogs and just cut up and throw it in there.
2: Man, I used to do that all the time.
4: I used to do that shit all the
2: fucking time, right? All the time. All right, we'll keep going I used to I, used to, I used
3: to drink in lieu of eating just to get the calories in but not hurt, hurt the buzz.
2: That's not nice, well, good. <laughs> Real classy, Boondog, Bo- Boon, Boons Farm, Mad Dog, Twenty Twenty, Thunderbird. Which one? What was your What was your flavor of choice? Ripple. I
3: would drink. Uh, no, I would also drink some like I would drink some malt liquor, some 40s, because those have higher alcohol content to get your people fucked up and on. You know,
2: yeah. Kept like, down. You used to drink some Mickey's.
3: Oh hell yeah. Those things are disgusting, dude. Yeah, those little green bottles. <laughs> the grenades. Bags, the big mouth things. Yeah. The big, bag, big mouth grenades. Yeah, and fuck And you got that. those stupid little
4: puzzles underneath the fucking
3: bottle caps. that shit.
4: Yeah. Like the people
3: who drink that could figure out a puzzle. Yeah. <laughs> <That's nice. laughs>
4: Fuck that bee! <laughs> Here we go. They're,
3: the puzzle is the puzzle for their life is figuring out how to slam together the dollar six it took to go get one. Wow. <laughs> okay. Remember, remember when you could get a forty for like a buck ninety nine and a pack of smokes for like a buck ninety nine? I don't know how how
4: people still smoke cigarettes, dude. It's too expensive, man. It's, it's cost like a pro- meal. It's like a it's, fucking meal. It's cost prohibitive, man. It's like it's it's like I can go to fucking Applebee's and get an entree and a drink for what the fuck a pack of Marble Lights costs now.
2: How much does a, a pack so- cost?
4: Uh, dude, it depends at the gas stations they're like 8 bucks. <laughs> $7 and, for and a if pack? and if you're at a bar that still has the the fucking little vending machine things, they're fucking 10 fucking dollars
2: for one pack
4: when i used to pay like a dollar fucking 25 for that shit when i was in high school
3: all right harper when's the last time you smoked regularly i think we've discussed this before oh but...
4: regularly it's been it's been it's been a, it's been a couple of years
3: yeah i could have buddy i i really quit quit i mean i've had like i haven't had any in a long time but I, I quit about a year and a half ago for for good good like i i ain't buying no more i ain't doing this and there's my other public stop being poor army and stop smoking yeah
4: they think the last like legit time i bought a pack was probably about three years ago i fucking, i i started smoking again for about a few months and i was buying a packet to, day and they're like five bucks and that's when i said fuck i'm just i'm going back down that fucking route i'm not (laughs) fucking doing it i'm not becoming a smoker again fuck this and and i stopped
2: when they gonna legalize that sticky icky stuff
3: what's that in our lifetimes but after we're too old to really enjoy it mike other than being an asshole what's the worst thing you've been addicted to
2: uh diet soda That'd yeah, you work,
3: that might be just as bad as smoking. If you, we're all yeah. being honest,
2: well, no, I only I, drink
3: I, two I, a day now. I used yeah, to
4: drink I, them. I used to live like like the, that was my water. Yeah, for the longest, I'm, and and now yeah. I drink one one with lunch and one, uh, one with dinner, and that's it.
2: Yeah. I I try to. I'm like you, Hopper I've tried to limit them to like two a day because I, I I'm drinking. I, I I you and I had that talk. I i was just drinking way too much of them. Way too much. Um. But that that's the worst. I'd say that's the worst. By far. Yeah. Like so here's the,
3: here's, here's yeah. the big Doc confessional. So I drink about three cups of coffee in the morning. I drink water after that. Here's the big news. I haven't quit, quit. But just to see what would happen, I quit drinking for a while. And we doing all that and working out. White Lashley. Is under two hundred pounds for the first time in nineteen years. There you go, pal. For natural, well, I, I mean, well, how
4: often would you drink?
3: I'd have like, a couple of, be- <laughs> well, but not like I alcoholic, bro. <laughs> I get, I get, no, I get drunk a couple of times a week, though.
2: See, really. <laughs>
3: Yeah. What <laughs> the fuck? What the fuck y'all doing over there? <laughs>
2: I told what? you, y'all used to think I was joking. That bastard would drink beer all the time.
3: Yeah, I and I, I, I've lost. So here's, week. I've lost about seventeen pounds this summer.
2: Yeah, but part of that too is because your activity level outside with the kids and youth sports, and it's like panther piss hot outside too.
3: But but on a normal day, like today, I have had nothing but coffee, black coffee and water to drink. I ain't drinking calories, man.
2: Yeah, You can save a lot when you don't drink calories. That's for damn sure.
3: And I quit smoking and 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 I've lost weight. I mean, I, I, I plan to live forever. We're gonna keep doing this show forever. We're gonna run out of wrestling before we quit this show. That's well, what we I'm gotta
2: saying. we gotta get to the to the go home cue shortly. But before we do that on this show, we get a replay match from the Clash of Champions between Nikita and Doctor Death. We covered that in detail on the Patreon show. Um, we also get a uh, a match from the Fantastics who defeat uh, the Grappler. And uh-huh. this is not Lynn Denton, the Grappler from Mid South and many other territories. In case anybody's wondering uh, but he calls himself the grappler Doc any thoughts on that match
3: No, I want to get to the promo where we get another Ajax reference
2: oh yes yeah. here it is Tommy Rogers Bobby Fulton the Fantastics promo with uh, they're up there with JR here it is a week
0: now to reflect on the situation happened right here in the studio what are your thoughts Bob on this situation well, let me tell you right now Mr. Ross you know
1: we've known you for a long long time and you know that we never backed down from anybody Gornet this is what you want But we got something else for you. Because I want to see how you can handle it. I'm a man. I can take it like a man. But you're a mouse, Coronet. You and the Midnight Express are through. I hope that somewhere in that great American bash, that there's enough people to pull the Fantastics off. Jimmy Cornet and the Midnight Express. Because, Coronet, step in the ring. Try to be a man. You're not going to be the man. That the Fantastic are. Midnight Express, you be prepared for the beating of your life because we got something coming for you, brother. Ajax won't be able to take off. That's right, you know, Mr. Ross, there's words to describe Jimmy Cornette, but not on public television. We came out here last week to show all these people what a street jacket what Jimmy Cornette was going to be in. He wasn't supposed to be in the same studio, he wasn't supposed to be in the same state, but he showed up that shows what kind of a liar, what kind of a weasel Jimmy Cornette is. But Bobby, he took a chair than no man I've ever seen take. So he's got more man in his little finger than Bobby Eaton, Stanley, and Jimmy Cornett do. And their whole body. I took it to the throat, and I still got up. We're still here. So, Jimmy Cornett, when it comes time for that straight jacket match, and you're up there in the air, and we beat Jimmy Cornett, and we beat the Midnight Express, and you come down, Jimmy Cornett, just think what we're going to do to you. Just think. I want you to sleep on it, brother, and sleep on it here.
0: Join us next week. Let it go with more NWA
2: action. He gonna put something on him that Ajax won't wash off, Doc. What else you got?
3: Just a solid babyface promo that that's that's just done right, man. Amen. I like it.
2: Uh Harper, any thoughts before we rate it?
3: Yeah, it wasn't a bad promo.
4: Just, no, it, was, it was uh you know, down the middle.
2: Yeah. Mean potatoes babyface promo, I think yeah. the reason we we really wanted to hear it was Bobby Fulton with the uh, breaking out the old Robert Gibson line. I'm putting on your jacks, come on, wash off.
3: Uh, oh, you said, why, do, why are y'all saying it that way? Because that's how. Uh,
2: Did you see the spoiler from the NWA taping?
3: Yeah. Yes, we got champs.
2: Did, they won. They won the. NWA. We got new champs. They won the NWA World Titles. Somebody posted in the Facebook group in our in our Facebook group uh, the picture, and then there's another picture of. Um, somebody saying, "What's Robert Gibson looking at?" That's messed up.
4: Come on! I mean, dude, Robert Gibson
3: looks like Mike Tenay now
4: for some reason.
3: Wow! Remember that time? Remember that time that Matt Hardy asked him if they wanted some green beans, and Robert oh, Gibson said yes.
2: Yes, when they did, he said uh, what? Said <laughs> yes. What was that? The what? What did? What was that called, Doc? When they were at the Hardy compound?
3: Total the deletion. Fuck- Total yeah, total deletion. Jesus,
2: Lord. It feels like it was 20 years ago. Okay. It does
3: feel like it. It feels like it was so long ago.
2: <laughs> yes. All right, Doc. Uh, we got to rate this thing. I, we I'ma sure go did. I'm going to go first on the rating. This is getting an A+. Mm. This, these promos with Rick and then Barry and then Arn and Tully and JJ and Sullivan and even Luger was on, mon- on the money. I I gotta give this an A plus. This is a good episode. What are you giving it, Doc?
3: Um, I'm not far off from you because I enjoyed this as well. Um, I like to st- save the stratosphere for the stratosphere, so I'm gonna say A.
2: All right, Harper, what you think?
3: Uh, a. See, you're wrong, Mike. Once again. <laughs> We gotta, we gotta, we gotta get, put you on the curve so that you're, you can, we can meet our quota so that you can get your A plus. Wow,
2: what? A, who are you giving the Rolex to, Doc?
3: We know who the Rolex is going to. Rick got out there and said it was the most serious thing he had ever conveyed to the public that he lives and dies by this business,
2: yeah. and he was shooting. <laughs> Well, the part that he was shooting that was so funny was when he said, I live and die for each day of my life. I've gone through cars, women, bankruptcy. Wow. That's a revelation when you listen to this in 2019. So Rick's getting it from me, too. Harper, who are you giving it to?
4: It's got to be Rick, man.
2: Yeah, it's got to be Rick.
4: It's got to be right. Rick.
2: Harper, Wildcat Sports, what's the date?
3: Mm, November what's 3rd.
2: November 3rd at the Ponce Train
3: where Center we, where, where are we at? Where are we at at November 3rd?
4: At the Ponce Train Center. And what
3: are you going to be doing there?
4: I'm going to be managing Matt Lansing and Edger and Stone
3: and doing commentary. Are there other, any other big names coming in for this show that people should know about? Yeah. You want to yell at them a minute about where, where they <laughs> could go to find this? Oh, uh, well... Tell
2: us what Booker they are. Booker T's going to
4: be there and psychosis. Pride oh. Van going to be there with Katie Forbes looking all fine. MVP. MVP. Honky Tonk Man's going to be there. That's a lot of names. Yeah. Who else?
2: Stevie Richards, right?
3: Yeah, Stevie oh,
2: Richards going to be there. Who, are, who?
3: Which one of those big names are you going to put an ether rag on? Mm, probably Katie. Okay, makes sense. Oh, nice. Yeah, steal. You could steal her, like uh, Kevin Sullivan did. Precious. He's gonna. I want to steal her.
2: At her before you, pal. <laughs>
4: I want to steal her like a Donkey Kong and put her like up in a cage, and then and then Rod Van Dan's gonna be like up oh, Mario He's got to work up the ladder, To fucking, to come save her, and I want to throw barrels down down at him.
3: Did you just call yourself a
2: gorilla? not gonna yeah answer. <laughs> all right <laughs> uh go to wildcatsports.com or facebook uh or facebook and then just search wildcat sports and entertainment to get your tickets i believe front row or a ringside is sold out there's some floor seats left but you can get your tickets there so check it out it's gonna be a great show uh y'all are crowning the tag champs that night right
4: yep uh, okay who's gonna be the, the uh wildcat tag team champions
2: i don't know you're gonna have to be there to see and that's that all Mike, right, you want to
3: go do You want to go do a run-in down there?
2: Yeah. Let's go oh, win man. the straps. Oh, you mean tag with you?
3: Yeah, me yeah. and you could go win the so straps. So basically,
2: basically, I'll be working on my own, then, right?
3: I'll go over to the commentary with Harper like Al Snow does when <laughs> when Unabom is fighting and smoking out. I'll
2: think about Harper's it. Harper's like,
3: what are you going to do later, Doc? I'm going to go have sex.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Doc. Anything else tonight?
3: No, nah, nah, we got to go.
2: Um, we do have to go, so, um, offer, hit the tagline, take us home.
4: Book it, bitch.
2: Get out of here. I want to shout out a couple of people, friends of the show. Also, want to shout out some Patreon members and thank them for their patronage. Uh, Before I do all that, like I said, a couple of friends of the show and podcasts that we hope you support. Check out the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing with Brian Malonis from ROH and Mike Crockett. They do their show every single Monday. Monday mornings, the show is dropped. They talk current and classic wrestling, along with some indie stuff, too. But it's a good show. They're friends of mine, so please support them because they support us. Also, check out our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, run by buddies of mine, Joe Marotta and Michael Quinn, as they give their take on the northern side of pro wrestling's history. Slightly classier, definitely more professional than we are. Thank you, Joe and Quinn, for all of your plugs. We appreciate it. Also, check out the Bottom Line cast with Mike Pru and JV, They do their show. I believe their shows are dropping on Wednesdays these days. I keep forgetting. But uh, they're basically breaking down the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin. So check out Mike and JV as they do their thing. Great show. And also Mike and JV do the ECW Extreme Livecast on our Patreon feed at the $5 level. So good guys doing some good work. And I appreciate it, Mike and JV. Thank you for all of your support. And like I said, I want to thank all the Patreon members out there for their support and patronage. We really appreciate it. We do two shows a week that are free, and then in addition to that, we do more because of you guys, and we appreciate that. So thanks for supporting this show. Uh, It's definitely a great thing that you do for us and, and supporting us. I mean, I can't say it enough. I'm eternally grateful for all the patrons we have. And as I'm talking about being eternally grateful, shout out to the Hall of Fame patrons. Kevin Carter, Michael Angel, Bob Richards, Rocky Suazo, Christopher Champer, Will Harkey, Robbie Dyson, Rick Beebe, Brad Dunyfe, and Tom Schlegel, Coach Joey Chase, AKA Willie Chase, Steve Mabasa, LaRon Brown, Kenny Byersdorf, Glenn Abbott, at GA Russell Note on Twitter, Bobby Murray, Marlon Mueller, AKA at Half Pines Point. Keep cutting them promos, kid. I know you would love when I say that. Josh Warren, Everett Starr, Mike Childry, Kyle Riley, Disrespectfully Classy, Marky Blassy Craig Norman, Johnny on Patreon, the great John Dean at YRC21, Josh Dunn, Ryan and Auburn, at Ryan and Auburn, that is, on Twitter. Good old Justin, Robert Smith, Joseph Ice, Tim Moretti, Adam Price, Brian Evans, Mark Wilson, Armando Martinez, David Jordan, Jesse Jacobs, Josh Fields, Chris Myers, Gerald Green, Mitchell Johnson, Mike Prue, Will Parker, Jeremy Bryant, Classy Alex, David DeVries, Frog Zeppelin, SV Pageant, Bill Sousa, Big Rich, at Spy, Boy Sports Cap, RE Miller, 39, Jay Shiny, Ruben Espinoza, Merciless Jones, Jesse Lucas, Chris Browning, Justin Andretti, Colman 822, Marty Howell, t 94, God Bold Unreal. Thanks for being Hall of Fame patrons. That list is getting longer and longer. And I appreciate it. Thank you for your patronage. And thank you for being Hall of Fame patrons and supporting this show and everything we do. That's all I got. Thank you again, guys. We appreciate it. Have a great rest of your day and week and whenever or month or whenever you're listening to this. Thank you very much. And like Harper always says before we get out of here, book it, bitch.